Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 24 of Revelation chapter 11. And we're going to be reading Revelation 11, verses 12 and 13. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. In the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. And I'll stop reading there. Now we had been looking at verse 12, and the language of um, ascending up to heaven, and we saw how that fits with God's salvation program whenever he has saved a person at any point in history. Spiritually, it was as though they ascended upon the Son of Man and then descended as a messenger. But the difference is now at the time of uh, the end, Judgment Day, they ascend up to heaven in a cloud, and the cloud relates to judgment, where we see uh, clouds. Uh, it normally has in view the judgment of God. So this is indicating at the point of judgment, there was great salvation, because there was great fear that fell upon them which saw the two witnesses. And so God is giving us language to let us know, yes, uh, he did work, a wonderful, glorious work of salvation. There was a great multitude saved out of the great tribulation. They did ascend up to heaven to be seated in Christ Jesus, like everyone else who has been saved. And yet they did not descend because they were not commissioned. There, There is no more sending out um, messengers with the message of salvation. And, and so God, by omitting the word descend, is um, really emphasizing that truth that this is a one-way ticket to heaven. That is salvation of the great multitude. But then God's salvation program concludes. And there is no more sending forth messengers into the world. And and their enemies beheld them. The world was a witness to these things as the declaration of Judgment Day, May 21, 2011, went throughout all the the nations of the world. Well, then we read in verse 13, In the same hour was there a great earthquake. And this is referring to the hour of judgment. The last hour, the one hour of great tribulation, as uh, God does typify the great tribulation period as one hour, has come to an end. 
and that is the last hour of the workday uh, in the parable of the vineyard. It's the 11th to the 12th hour, and then comes the even, or the night, and no man works any longer. Well, the same hour is referring to the judgment. It's the same hour that they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. It's the time of judgment. And remember, back in uh, Revelation chapter 9, God did speak of judgment day in verse uh, 15 this way. In Revelation 9:15, And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. So the judgment came at an hour. We can actually um, say the spiritual hour was 6 p.m. because the workday is 12 hours long. Jesus told us that in the Gospel of John. Are there not 12 hours in a day? God lays out the spiritual workday, the day of salvation, in the parable of the vineyard in Matthew 20, where workers are hired to go labor in the vineyard. They're hired at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. Then the pattern of every three hours is broken because some are standing idle all the day, and they're hired at the eleventh hour for the final hour. And then that last hour, that one hour, pictures or typifies the great tribulation, and and that is when God completed his salvation plan, when he um, saved the best for last, and he poured out the latter rain, he saved a great multitude that came out of great tribulation out of that hour. And, and, and then the twelfth hour, because that last hour, the one hour of the great tribulation came to an end on May 21, 2011. Then the twelfth hour comes at 6 p.m., spiritually speaking. It's the evening time. It is night now. No man works. The Lord Jesus Christ is the man that um, really is in view with that statement. He no longer performs the work that he was sent to perform. And this is the work of God that you believe, that people um, become saved through the faith of Christ. And that work has been completed. So the hour, yes, that we can... Look at Judgment Day as an hour, if we're a mind to. The hour, spiritually, is the end of the 12-hour workday, 6 p.m., and and that's the point when, spiritually also, all the elect that God saved ascended to be seated in Christ Jesus. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. And this is uh, in the Greek, megas. Seismos, mega seismos, a great earthquake. And we find the language of a great earthquake, those two words together, only a few times really in the Bible and, and in the New Testament. One time it's in relationship to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. It says, 
in verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And we, of course, are very familiar with that account. The Lord Jesus Christ was not in the sepulcher. He had risen from the dead. And yet the great earthquake, if we're just looking to analyze it or to um, study what what uh, does a great earthquake accomplish, there there was a great stone sealing the sepulcher, and the great earthquake helped the, the stone roll away or caused the stone to roll away, which opened up the sepulcher. And a sepulcher was a tomb. It's where the dead are buried, but but Jesus was not there. He was not dead. He he had risen, and that uh, same idea in a slightly varied way comes into view a little bit later when we're looking at this great earthquake. But let's look at a couple of places where a great earthquake is mentioned in Revelation chapter six and. We went through this passage earlier in our study of the book of Revelation, but we'll go back in Revelation 6, verse 12. It says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, as we read this um, account, we can quickly see the relationship between what we're reading here in Revelation 6 and a verse like Matthew 24, verse 29, which says, Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened, and the moon does not give its light. And and it also mentions the stars in Matthew 24. And we have the same thing here, but it's joined together with the language of a great earthquake. A great earthquake. And, and since it's joined together with this uh, language of a darkened sun, and, and the moon is blood and the stars falling, it is pinpointing the time of judgment. It, we, we recognize that the great earthquake must relate to judgment. And this is pinpointing a time for us so we know when the great earthquake occurred. And we can use the past tense now because the great tribulation period, um, which was a 23-year period, began on May 21, 1988, and concluded on May 21, 2011. And Matthew 24, 29 says, immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. That would be May 21, 2011, ended the great tribulation, began judgment day for the world, and was the point uh, the occurrence of a great earthquake. And, uh, of course, people are probably listening and saying, I don't remember any great earthquake. 
we had expected a great earthquake. We thought, yes, there would be uh, a, an enormous worldwide earthquake that would open up the ground and the, the bodies of the dead would rise and, and be littered all over the earth. Well, we were incorrect about that. We we see here the language of a great earthquake, just as we, we did in uh, Revelation 11. And the problem is we took it literally. We took it literally, and and that's a dangerous thing to do when um when studying the bible and 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 coming to a literal conclusion there were reasons that that sort of led us um in that direction to believe it would be a literal earthquake but we were wrong we were incorrect we we were right that may 21 2011 was judgment day we were right that a great earthquake occurred on that day, but we were wrong about the nature of the earthquake. It was a spiritual earthquake, and and God sent the spiritual earthquake, and, a, and of course, since it was spiritual, that meant that no one could see it, no one could feel it, the ground did not shake, the uh the bodies of the dead did not rise up and and so everyone um basically decided well it was wrong everything about uh the the supposed day of judgment was wrong because we had told people look for a great earthquake on that day and and that will be the evidence of God's judgment and yet it was God's plan to bring to pass a great earthquake, yet spiritually, and therefore that would lead people to not see or believe that anything had happened at all. Now, someone, I'm sure, is shaking their head and saying, oh, oh right, a spiritual earthquake. You're imagining things. You're... Uh, you're just desperate trying to prove that things occurred on May 21. Well, is there such a thing as a spiritual earthquake? Let's, let's start with that question. And the answer is yes. As a matter of fact, if we go to the Old Testament, to the book of Jeremiah, we read in Jeremiah chapter 10, in verse 22, Behold, the noise of the brute is come. And the English word brute means report, the noise of the report. And a great commotion out of the north country. Now, the uh, Hebrew word translated here as commotion is also translated as earthquake in other places in the Old Testament. It is a word that should be translated as earthquake. Therefore, a great earthquake out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. Now, we're familiar with the last part of that verse. It's um, pretty typical language where God is speaking of his judgment on Judah of old, which in turn points to the judgment upon the New Testament 
church at the time of the end when judgment begins at the house of God and judgment or, or the great earthquake comes out of the north country because the Babylonians came against Judah historically from the north and the Babylonians, their king typifies Satan and the Babylonians typify the forces of Satan, his emissaries that assault the New Testament church and overcome it. And then Satan is set up as the man of sin. He is the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. And, and because God has forsaken the church and given them over to Satan for judgment, that this is one of the ways God will bring to pass the judgment on the congregations, then the churches become desolate and a den of dragons. Satan is the chief of the dragons, really. He his, One of his names is a dragon. And the devils that uh, undoubtedly have entered into the churches with him, they they would be the rest of the dragons. It's become a den of unclean spirits of wickedness and evil as God has forsaken the congregations. But all of that happened spiritually. The cup that God gave to the church was a spiritual cup. The great earthquake, as it says here in Jeremiah 10.22, the great commotion, the great earthquake that came out of the north country was a spiritual earthquake. There was no actual earthquake that took place within the churches. And and, and so we see again the, the same principle. God gave the cup to the church, which was spiritual in nature. He takes the identical cup and gives it to the unsaved inhabitants of the world to drink, and they will drink it. God brought a great earthquake on the churches when... They became a desolate wilderness, and he then brings a great earthquake on the world, on the day that he told the world that he would do it. Well, let's let's also look at Revelation 16. In Revelation 16, it says, beginning in verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And that uh, ties in with judgment day on the world. Babylon, as we saw in that figure in uh, Jeremiah 10, verse 22, was instrumental in bringing the judgment on the churches. But once the judgment was complete, once Satan had accomplished the purpose that God had given for him to do, the service of bringing destruction to the churches of the world. And once the time 
allotted for him to rule over the church was up. Then God turned around and brought judgment on the king of Babylon, Satan, and on Babylon, his kingdom. And there was a great earthquake that took place. And and this uh, earthquake shook things spiritually, we would say. Obviously, nothing physical was shaken, but spiritually, uh, many, many things were shaken on the day of May 21 as far as the, the program of God, his salvation plan for this world. Um, for instance, as we read back in Matthew 24, in verse 29 is the verse that says, Immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened. And, and then at the end of that verse, uh, it says, And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. There is the earthquake, the image of the lights of the gospel being shaken, God's salvation program being shaken and removed from its um, typical position of going forth as it had throughout the day of salvation. Now the the conclusion had come and the great earthquake shook that. But let's let's also look in Acts 16 where uh, we read uh, really some very interesting and unusual things that take place in a prison as a result of a great earthquake. In Acts 16, in verse 25 and 26, it says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Well, uh, here we have a great earthquake that takes place, and we would have to say this is extremely unusual, uh, because what happens is the great earthquake occurs, and there is no deaths, no damage of any kind that we read about to the city, to buildings. The only thing that God records concerning this great earthquake is that it shook the foundations of the prison, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. So it was a great earthquake. It wasn't a, a tremor. It, it wasn't a minor tremor or or anything like that. The the Bible says it was a megas seismos, and we're used to great earthquakes causing great damage. But in Acts 16, the great earthquake causes minimal damage, if any. All it seems to accomplish is that it opens the prison doors to all the prisoners that were in the prison in that city. And actually, we would have to say this gives the appearance of a miraculous earthquake, a miraculous great earthquake, 
because it, it seems to be so precise and as though the earthquake had a purpose and the purpose was to free the captives that were held in the prison. That, that seems to be the only thing that happened as a result of this great earthquake. And it is highly unusual. We, we read this and really it's amazing that, um, God records a great earthquake that set all the captives free. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.